Welcome to Yara's Grow the Future podcast. Yara is the global leader in crop nutrition knowledge and a producer of quality fertilizer products. Grow the future with Yara. Hello again and welcome from me, Ken Rundle. In these podcasts, we spend a lot of time discussing mineral fertilizers and a bit of time mentioning slurries and manures. This time, though, the focus is on something that appears to bring the two together, organo-mineral fertilizers. To tell me more, I have with me Natalie Wood, Yara's Agronomy Operations Manager, and her colleague, Sustainable Fertiliser Manager, Dr. Emma Burak, based at Cranfield University. Natalie, if I can begin with you, what do we mean by organomineral fertilisers and what makes them different? An organomineral fertiliser, uh, or an OMF for short, which is much easier and quicker to say, um, as the name suggests, it's a mixture of you know organic material and mineral fertiliser. Um, which is added, you know, to increase the nitrogen percentage of the analysis, because otherwise it would be a relatively low analysis, such as, I don't know, 333, for example. So by adding in the mineral fertilizer, you can get up to 8, 10, etc., or as high as you want to. Um, obviously, it depends on how much you add. Um, these kind of products, I guess, have been available in Europe for a while. But in, in 2019, Yara started a project to get, you know, OMFs over to the UK. Um, and as part of the commitment to OMFs, we've entered into a knowledge transfer partnership with Cranfield University, where we will have a new member of staff, which is Dr. Emma Burek, as you've already introduced, um, who will solely be working on, you know, gathering data and knowledge around the OMFs. So, um, you know, we know that farming needs to be sustainable and we think products like this can help towards that, um, both from a business and an environmental point of view. Well, Dr. Burak or Emma, can we look a bit more closely at the science behind this? Because you have a particular interest in soils and soil science. It's it's something of a passion of yours. Yeah, so I'm an environmental scientist and I specialise uh, in soil. Uh, my background is looking at the in- interaction between roots and, and soil. And most recently, I've been working on organic mineral fertilisers. Um, and I got into working with soil because it's such a underrated, valuable resource that's uh, historically been neglected and and degraded would you describe most of the soils in the world as being in bad condition um so it depends what sort of uh model you look at but the general consensus is yes there is a global trend that specifically agricultural soils are degrading globally yeah it's a very thin layer from which an awful lot is expected and uh, we, we lose it at our peril. Um, what's, uh, yeah, I think the... it's about, it's, if you think about the earth as an apple, the, the, the bit that we survive on is about the same thickness as the, the apple skin, I think is the analogy. And, uh, yeah, and we've been a little bit careless with it over the years. I, are, are things at, at here at home in, in the UK worse than or better than other places? Um both it's worse and better than than other places um so there are places that uh, say in africa where it's succumbing to desertification so we're not quite that bad but there are also places that are doing it a lot better um the so the state of the uk soils again it depends on which model you look at but the, again the, the general trend is that the the soil health is declining and in what particular way? Is it loss of humus, loss of organic matter, or is it loss of the right minerals? Or, or is it loss of biodiversity, the bugs and, and beasties that live in soils? So soil health is incredibly interconnected. So when one aspect of the soil health is being degraded, then it will have a knock-on effect to all the others. So in answer to your question, yes, 
all of those. Um, the specific reason uh, varies depending on the soil type and the land use. What kind of research have you been doing? What the kind of thing that interested Yara? As in on the organic mineral fertilizers? Yeah. So at the moment, what we're doing is we are looking at their efficacy in terms of fertilizers. So looking at their impact in the crop. So the crop yield and the nutrient use efficiency. Um, but because this is being pegged as a more sustainable, environmentally friendly fertilizer, we're also looking at the environmental impacts. So we're looking at um, their emissions, uh, their susceptibility to leaching into watercourses, um, just to get an entire picture, holistic picture of the nutrient fates. But your particular interest is the interaction between these and roots, um, soils and roots. Uh, do you see them have any particular impact on, on, on that? Well, one of the things we're going to be looking at is we've got some uh, in situ root scanning uh, bits of kit where we can send a scanner down into the earth um, and take pictures of the roots as they grow. So that's one of the things we're going to be looking at. So there's a lot to do. Natalie, I, I gather you've begun trials on organominerals. Tell us more. Yeah, so um, we had a limited amount of product at the start of, of last season. So we were only able to set up a few trials, but we did some on winter cabbage, um, oilseed rape and some cover crop work. So we, we got as many trials as we could with, with what we had. Um, and then we had more availability this spring. So we've got some spring barley trials um, that have been set up in the last uh, couple of months or weeks or so too. So um, yeah, still very early days, but initial results have been good. Um, and we've shown that products have been at least comparable to the mineral fertilizers that we've put them against um, visually. Um, in some cases, we've seen improved growth actually with the OMFs. Um, so, yeah, certainly some interesting results to start off with. But of course, you know, we're going to have to wait till we get to harvest um, to get some yield data and see uh, we, what we don't want, obviously, is any detrimental effect from using these products. And I gather it's not just trials. Some farmers in the UK have already started using them. Yeah. So we had some limited amounts of commercially available product this spring, which went on to a few farms, uh, mainly onto spring cereals, as you would expect. Um, and that's really where we see the product fitting well is that spring cereal, um, but also as a starter fertilizer for oilseed rape. Um, but yeah, as I mentioned, very early days. So we're very much wanting to gather as much information and data as we can from those farms as well, you know, on a commercially um, viable scale to help us go forwards. Why that particular function? Why, why with the spring barleys? Um, it fits well, I guess, as a base dressing. So that's ideally what we were, were looking at for the spring cereals and the oilseed rape, really. We've been talking about this product. Well, I haven't actually described what it looks like and how it handles. Well, what does it look like? Um, it doesn't look much like what you'd be used to, I guess. It looks a bit like a feed nut or kind of chick chicken manure pellets that you might get from a garden centre. So, you know, completely different to what we would normally think of as um, fertiliser. And I know it sounds like from that description that the spreadability might be compromised, but actually we did some spreader testing um, and it spread quite easily up to 36 metres with a 10% or less um, coefficient of variation. And then actually up to 42 metres plus, I think it was, with still within 10 to 15%. So, yeah, we were surprised, but it, it, it does spread really well, actually. 
and it handles okay it, it, it problems in damp conditions and so on it's still still worthwhile and i presume you need some moisture as soon as it lands on the soil in order to release what's what's what it's got in yeah. the way of nutrients yeah so obviously you would want to store it as you would with mineral fertilizer so you wouldn't want to get it wet in any way shape or form when you're storing it but certainly once it's out in the field then yes it will break down um, these are some of the tests that we still need to do actually to to see if the breakdown rate uh, how that differs and how much rainfall etc is required because obviously what you're dealing with here is an organic material so it's it's not as tried and tested as a mineral fertilizer that we know will dissolve in x amount of days or with however many mil of rain but already the data that you're getting seems to indicate that you're you're looking in the right direction and yeah. presumably the european experience is something to build on as well yeah definitely but again you know that organic fraction is is what is a bit of the unknown at the moment and it, it just behaves completely differently to what we would expect with mineral fertilizer so yeah we're just trying to get as much data as we can so that we can advise well with this product emma whichever part of the uk you're in and farming in these days it's true to say there's an emphasis on sustainability how well do you think organo minerals meet that challenge well provided that the product is made mostly of recycled uh, organic waste it fits quite nicely into the sustainability bubble um, promoting a circular economy so the, the waste food products specifically then we can then incorporate them back into the soil um, one of the th other things that you want to look at with soils is increasing the organic matter as well um, so not only are you sort of recycling um, a waste product um, you're also increasing organic matter into the field where in, ag in a lot of agricultural systems nowadays there is no other avenue for organic matter incorporation um, and as organic matter is one of the the, the major pillars of soil health <clears throat> it not only promotes a more useful way of getting rid of waste but also helps to increase the health of your soil I mean, this is blue sky at the moment, so I apologize for that. But do you see a time when we might even add micronutrients to these kind of materials so that you're actually helping to, to add biodiversity onto some soils in some parts of the UK, which have been pretty run down? It's, as I say, is that kind of feasible or is that just pie in the sky? Yeah, I mean, I think certainly, you know, it's something that we'd probably look into in terms of whether we were able to coat with a micronutrient, for example um but yeah obviously like you say this is all stuff that needs development and and lots of work putting into it so yeah let's just start off and make sure we know how it works at the moment and then we can start to add other things into the process but it's true to say that at the moment you know emma may have a comment on this but it's true to say that farming's looking at things that you know five years ago never even thought about suddenly there's been a complete change of focus and all kinds of new ones come into the mix so it should be quite interesting mm. Well, there's quite a lot still to, because, because this uh, product is still quite new, there's still quite a lot of avenues that we can explore. Natalie, how excited are you by this new development? Is this just a, another problem for you in terms of a new product, or is this something you think really has arms and legs? Yeah, well, if I think I've been in agriculture, what, 12 years, and I've worked at Yara now for eight years, and I mean, it's certainly the most exciting thing that's happened at Yara um, in terms of fertilizer development, because, there's, you know, nutrients are nutrients. There's not been that much innovation in them because, you know, fertilizer is fertilizer at the end of the day. So I think it's really exciting to be part of this. And I feel quite proud to be, you know, part of Yara, who's doing innovative things like this. You know, we've got this. We've also got the green ammonia 
you know, we're, we're at the cutting edge of, of trying to be as innovative as we can be. And, and it's all about getting that sustainability and passing that on to the farmer um, because, you know, we need everything to be sustainable going forward. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about it. And hopefully um, Emma feels the same way and we can gather lots of data and, you know, really get rolling with this product. Yeah, there's nothing better for a scientist than seeing a whole load of different things to investigate ahead of you. So it looks as though farming is another area where binary is no longer the only option and organic minerals will sit happily alongside mineral fertilizers or slurries and manures. Natalie Wood, Dr. Emma Burak, thank you for enlightening me, if no one else. Anyone listening who wants to know more should contact the Yara rep or go onto the website. From me, Ken Rundle, bye for now and join me for our next podcast in a couple of weeks' time. Thanks for listening to Yara's Grow the Future podcast. For more information, visit yara.co.uk or yara.ie.